Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 266 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, I'm excited to be here with you. And we've got a bunch of new listeners, I think, coming in from various places I've been hanging out. So if you're new here, welcome. I'm so glad you are here for the show. Just so you know, every other week, I coach someone on the podcast. If you want to be coached on the podcast, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast, scroll down to the the bottom of the page and you'll see a link to sign up. And then the other alternating weeks, I have either a guest expert on the show or I do a solo episode just talking about some things that are coming up in my coaching sessions that I think might be helpful for you or just answering some questions that I've been getting a lot in my DMs and emails and all that kind of good stuff. So again, welcome, welcome. And if you've been listening to this show for a while, if this show has helped you in big or small ways, I would be so grateful if you left a rating or review wherever you listen, especially on Apple Podcasts, though. It's super quick. It's literally just a scroll down and you tap the stars. If you have 30 extra seconds, you can leave a quick review and it really does help me to grow the show. So thank you. Thank you for that. All right. So on to today's episode, which I'm super excited about. And actually, just so you know, this is a coaching episode that originally aired back in 2019, I think the summer or fall. So if you've been listening for a while, then some of this might sound familiar. And if you're new, then you'll probably never know. This is actually a rerun. This is actually a new intro that I'm recording. So you'll get some new stuff. 
But this is a really hot topic that comes up a lot. And I know a lot of you all experience the three month fizzle, or maybe it's the six week fizzle or whatever, you know, you've been dating someone and things seem to be going well. And then all of a sudden, they just feel a little bit more distant, or they just don't really want the same thing that you want. And the relationship fizzles out, or maybe it abruptly ends. Either way, if you can relate to this, you're going to really love this episode. Now, I will tell you that I created a conversation template that you can download at veronicagrant.com forward slash 266 download. And this template will walk you through some ideas on how to have a conversation with someone. If you're at that two, three month mark, and you're like, hey, I want to know how this person's feeling about me, or hey, I want to take this to the next level. So if you have been in a situation like this, or you think you might be in a situation again like this, just go ahead and download the template. That's that way you have it when you need it. And again, you can download it at veronicagrant.com forward slash 266 download. And those are the actual numbers 266 download. So here's the thing, relationships fizzle out at the three month mark for a lot of reasons. I can't say with, you know, unequivocal knowledge that yes, this is why relationships fizzle out. Uh, Sometimes it can be just a lack of interest. Sometimes it can be one or both partners are emotionally available or unwilling or unable to commit. Sometimes it can be just something else. There's just a mismatch in the relationship. Sometimes it can be that the people that you're attracting are playing into a core wound, an inner child wound of yours. And by the time you get to the three month mark, you're bumping up against each other's core wounds. And so if you were to stay together, the relationship would actually probably get a little dysfunctional, if not toxic. And you might also break up. So again, a lot of reasons why a relationship might fizzle at three months. So I don't want you to listen to Renee's conversation like, oh, this is what's happening for me. I mean, it might be what's happening for you, but there's other things that could be going on as well. As you know, everything that I teach in this episode and in this podcast, there is no one size fits all. It really just does depend on what your specific patterning is or what your core wounds are. But I really just want you to get this. You can't mess something up. There is no secret way to text or act or be or no secret thing to say that will get someone to commit to you or see you as marriage material or whatever it is. If you asking them, hey, how do you feel about me? Hey, I want to take this to the next level or asking for some other need that you have in the relationship, if that's going to turn this person off or start gaslighting you or whatever, like they're not the right person and they're not available for the relationship that you really need. So in the short run, it might feel like, yeah, you are losing because maybe the relationship isn't going to continue after you ask for what you want or what you need. But in the long run, you're going to waste a lot less time, a lot less energy. And every time you set a boundary, I've said this on the show before, it is the application of self-love. You are healing your inner child every single time you set a boundary especially if you have some people-pleasing patterns, if you have some enmeshment patterns, any other kind of patterns that involve lack of boundaries. Every time you set a boundary, your inner child is getting the message of, hey, I'm actually worth this. I am worthy of 
feeling how I need to feel of asking for what I need and what I want. So again, if you are in any kind of early stage of the relationship and you want to have another date, you want to take the relationship to the next level, or there's just a little thing going on in the relationship that you would rather not have be going on. Or if you want to ask for a specific behavior that you need, like the good morning text or whatever it is, then I think my conversation template will help. So again, you can download that at veronicagrant.com forward slash 266 download. All right. So with that said, listen to my conversation with Renee and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Renee. Welcome to the show. How can I help you? Hi, Veronica. I have a question for you in reference to relationships. I keep having the same thing happening to me. Okay. I meet a man. Okay. I date him for three months. We get along fantastic. Communication's great. I feel happy. They're happy. And it's fantastic. Then all of a sudden, once that three-month mark comes, they pull away from me. They start treating me differently. They don't take me out anymore. They don't seem to respect me. And they just seem to shut down. And things tend to end at that point. And I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. So this is a pattern, correct? Definitely. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So this is one thing that I'm just like to point out that if anomalies happen, shit happens, right? So if it's like a one-time thing, it's like, eh, it sucks, but okay, we can live with it. Right. But right. when it's the same thing happening over and over and over again, it's not that, oh, you just need to do more of it. Oh, or you just need to do it better next time. It's something that is deeper that's going on. And it's an old pattern that you're playing out. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay, great. So now I know you're in the tribe. You've done some work around mm-hmm. this. So why do you think, Just I know that's why you're asking me, but off the top of your head, why do you think this is happening? I think what's happening is they're triggering something in me, mm-hmm. which is then making me shut down, which is then making them shut down, which makes them pull away from me. Tell me more about that. They might do something that makes me feel that they're not there for me and have my back. And Mm -hmm. when people do that, that tends tends to trigger something because in my childhood, nobody was ever there for me. Mm -hmm. So when I start seeing that pattern where I can't count on them and they don't follow through with their word, I tend to, I guess, subconsciously pull away, Mm -hmm. which maybe is what they're sensing. And then they're pulling away. Let me ask you this. I'm not sure. Let me ask you this. Do you find you're the person where you feel like, you always just need to take care of people. Maybe you take responsibility for people, even if they don't necessarily ask for it. Maybe a bit of a people pleaser. Does any of that resonate? That's me. Yes. Okay. 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 So let me ask you this. I'm just out of curiosity here. So (laughs) out of curiosity, do you think it's that, you know, they trigger you in some way and they probably don't mean to, but you get triggered that, Oh, they don't, they're not there for you. And then you get triggered and so then you behave in a certain way and begin to shut down maybe. And then they in turn, you know, shut down. That's basically what you think is happening, right? Right. Yes. Or do you think what might actually be happening is that you are actually just attracting people from the beginning that aren't really there for you because there's on some level that feels comfortable and safe for you. That would make sense. (laughs) Yeah. That's probably what's happening. Yeah. And and the reason I asked if you're like, 
if you take responsibility for people or take care of people or people please. And the reason why I asked you that, because when you phrase that, you made it seem like it was your fault. Like, well, it's my fault they're shutting down. It's my fault that they're just pulling away. And to me, that seems like not really true because people are responsible for their own behavior. People are responsible for their own stuff, right? It's not your fault shutting down. If someone's shutting down, that's on them. That's because now you might be bringing up stuff in them that's making them shut down, but ultimately it's their choice to shut down because they could also choose to go work with a therapist or a coach and not shut down, but they are, but they're not doing that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And so my thing, I think what's really going on here is almost just like a belief that you're doing something wrong and you have to do something better or different or you're not good enough or just something along that perspective, that, that line of thinking. And it's just so happens that it's convenient for you or it's convenient to attract people that aren't really there for you or available for you because you kind of know what to do. That is definitely true. You might not like it, but you know how to handle yourself. Cause like, what if someone yeah. was actually there for you and you didn't have to please in order to get their attention or to get them to like you or even love you? I don't think I would know what to do. Exactly. So you're going to say, right? <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. Okay. Okay. So based on, in light of this and based on, you know, what you already know about inner child work and your inner little girl, what have you, what, what, what new connections or dots have you connected? When I was younger, I grew up in an alcoholic household with my father and my parents used to fight all the time. And I was very young and I never felt like anybody was there for me because I was always scared. Mm -hmm. And I used to get when I needed something, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. And nothing ever happened. So I never could count on anybody. And it's still like that to this day. I can only count on myself. Okay. Okay. And how has counting on you, counting only on yourself, how has that actually helped you? Honestly, I think it breaks me down because I, it's just too much. Well, you know, I, const- I mean, okay. You, you now know that it breaks you down because you right. reach a new level. You're at a growth edge, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But it didn't always hurt you. No, it kept me safe because exactly. I knew how to react to people. And you kind of like know how to, if somebody acts a certain way, you know what to do. It's almost like you're programmed. Uh-huh. 100%. Hundred percent. You know, so we got to look at the part of you that wants to be, you know, independent, not needing anyone or whatever, with so much love and compassion, gratitude, even because that kept you safe, right? You grew up in an alcoholic family, and I don't know all the details, but I'm going to assume that meant things were chaotic, yes, unpredictable. You didn't Mm -hmm. feel safe, definitely not emotionally, maybe not physically. Like they're yeah. just, you couldn't, you, I don't know if you, I don't know again, like what the exact circumstances were, but maybe you didn't know if there is going to be dinner made or if your parents are going to pick you up or if your parents are going to help you with something or even sign like permission slip. Like there's all yes. these things, right? Right. Yes. And so when that is the household in which you grow up in, you're going to create, you know, what, when I, when I took a trauma and yoga training, she called them resources you're going to learn resources or or use resources to help you to cope with essentially what is trauma, right? Mm -hmm. 
And sometimes those resources can be drugs or alcohol. Sometimes it can be sex. Sometimes it can be food. Sometimes it can be being like overachieving in school. Sometimes it can be like almost becoming the parent in the house and taking care of everyone else, including yourself. It can be a combination of a lot of different things, right? Right. And you needed to do that to survive. Yes. Right. If you did not do that, you like, who knows what would have happened? Or maybe you would have fallen into another resource that would have been a lot more damaging physically, emotionally, all that kind of stuff. Right. Right. Yep. And you didn't. And so that's great. You're here. And so your journey has gotten you to here. And so for that, like, we have to look at from that perspective of like, this was part of my soul path, right? This is where I was supposed to be in the path that I was supposed to let to go down basically. And now you're at a place where being the everything to everyone and the pleasing and, you know, the independence and all that kind of stuff, while it's done so much for you and you want to be so grateful for that, it's also time to let it go. Yes, it is. And in that place, bring in what's going to support you to call in the relationship that you want. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. Okay. Okay. So what stuck out for you or what ahas have you had listening to that? Um, That I need to stop people pleasing and think of myself. Right. Yes. And not think of it as I'm being selfish because that's what I always would think. And that's why I would go out of my way for everybody. I guess it's a self-esteem issue too, because I'm trying to please everybody to get people to like me. And I want to show that I could be there, but yet nobody's there for me. Because I'm, I didn't care about that. I was more in, I guess, survival mode of protecting totally. myself totally. in order to to basically get people around me, but not realizing I was really giving up my identity. Yeah, by doing that. Totally. And and here's the thing about people pleasing. A couple of things I'm going to say about it. And one thing might feel kind of surprising: being a people pleaser is actually pretty selfish. Right. A lot of times we think, oh, if I take care of myself or myself first, then that's really selfish. Right. That's, and that's also brainwashing from society. That's not just your upbringing. Right. That's just Mm -hmm. societal brainwashing from the patriarchy. Right. Right. Um, However, when you think about it, a people pleaser, it's all about who? It's all about me. It's, yeah. Do they like me? What can I do to get them to like me? How can they love me? What can I do to get them to me, 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 right? It's all me, me, me. (laughs) That's true. You're right. And so there's something very different between, and obviously there can be overlap, but there's very big difference between being a people pleaser and it being all about essentially me. And that's why I'm doing these nice things. It's really about me. It's not really about you, right? It's me. Mm-hmm, right. Being, and I'm lying to myself because maybe I didn't want to do the thing or maybe I'm lying to you because I didn't want to do the thing, but I don't want to hurt your feelings. I want you to like me. Right. So it's like, all right. lying And it's selfish and it's all about me and me. Right. But then there's also being kind and genuine, which is maybe helping someone or supporting them. But that's also in a place of being kind to yourself of, you know, maybe sometimes the answer is going to be a no. And sometimes it can be a yes, but they're not necessarily the same things. A lot of pushback I often get is like, well, I'm just a kind person, like I, or a nice person. I want to help people. And that's great. But that's not being a people pleaser. It's very different when you're, mm-hmm. when you're supporting someone and it's genuinely about them, right. When it's genuinely right. about them, that's a very different action. It comes from a very different place than mm-hmm. an act that comes from people pleasing. So I just want to point that out. And the other thing I want to say is, you know, letting go of people pleasing patterns 
you know, that is no small order. You know, it's like, oh, well, I need to just stop being a people pleaser. <laughs> like, oh, well, I just need to run a marathon tomorrow. No big deal, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. and I don't want to make it sound like it's rocket science, but it is kind of like running a marathon and that running a marathon, like there's only one step, right? You just write. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And this is a reference from How I Met Your Mother. It's an episode. Um, And obviously, I mean, I'm a runner. It's not just about running. Like, I mean, it is about running, but like, it's hard, right? Right, it is. (laughs) And so when you, you know, when you're ending people-pleasing patterns, like there's one step. It's just like, don't be a people-pleaser, right? Um, But obviously there's a lot of work and emotional work and healing and growth and everything that that goes into that. But what you, um, you know, I think that, the best way to get over people pleasing patterns is, well, first of all, I know you're in the tribe. So there's, there's a whole month of lessons on people pleasing. So make sure you check that out. So there's some resources there for you. But I think the number one thing is that you have to source your worthiness from within Mm -hmm. and not from what other people think. And this is, I don't want to say hard and like, oh my God, it's really hard, but it's just, it's, um, it takes work and it takes dedication. And it's not like a straight, I've coached so many women to let go of people pleasing patterns. And because this habit is just so deep, right. Cause like, right. it's also human nature that if someone likes you, whether it's like in a business perspective or like a career or work perspective or a romantic or even like a friendship perspective, it feels good, right? It does feel good. That's that's okay. But we have to separate that healthy, like, oh, this feels good that this person likes me versus like, this is where I'm getting my confidence from or my sense of self or my worthiness. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to sourcing that, that's really just a practice in putting yourself first Mm -hmm. and you can make well, let me ask you this. What are a few things that you think you can do starting within the next 24 hours where you can put yourself first? Um, I go to the gym more like I used to all the time. How does the gym, going to the gym make you feel? It makes me feel good and it helps my anxiety go away and it helps me have more, like more um, confidence in myself. Okay. Okay. I'm just asking because sometimes women have difficult relationships with the gym. It's like, oh, I should go or I need to be skinnier. And like, if that is wrapped up uh-huh. in your experience in going to the gym, then mm-hmm. that may not be the best place to start with this. But if, okay. it genuinely <laughs> like, if it feels genuinely like I feel so strong and empowered and I love going to the gym and if there's a day I don't feel like going to the gym, then I, whatever, it's not yeah, like yeah. I stress about it, then like, great. That's okay. a good example. But if it's something that is a little emotionally charged, then that might not be the best tool for this particular, you know, line of work. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. Let me ask you this. What do you, what do you think you can do for yourself that feels, you know, like going to the gym feels practical, right? Right. You're not supposed to go to the gym. (laughs) It's good for you. But, but what do you think you can do to put yourself first? That feels a little like, am I allowed to do this? Is this like selfish? <laughs> Going and having a pedicure. <laughs> that yes. is what I always feel, yes, feel selfish doing. Yes. Can you get a pedicure this weekend? Yes, I can. Okay, great. Great. That is one of your assignments. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then what is something you can do just on a daily basis to, you know, just to really make space for yourself to put yourself first? 
Um, like take more time, like do my makeup every day, kind of make sure that I'm comfortable instead of just throwing any clothes on and just not really, not that I don't care, but I just didn't have the motivation kind of just take more time for myself and get ready, put my hair together Mm -hmm. instead of just throwing it in a ponytail and (laughs) do more stuff like that. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. I love that. And so let's come up with a list of like five things, you know, okay. Um, but maybe five things and you don't have to come up with them now, but you can let us know in the tribe Facebook group, what those five things are for you and like start doing them tomorrow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No reason. Like, Oh, I'll start next week or I'll start next month. Like, no, I'll start in 2020. Mm -mm. Like, no, you can start tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day. And you can even probably start some of the things today. Like it doesn't even have to be tomorrow, but Mm -hmm. the point is to, to not put this off. How does this, how's this all feeling? It feels good. I actually feel relieved. Like I feel like some tension is off now that I have answers to this because it's something that has been very consuming to me mentally because I keep thinking I'm doing something or I'm choosing the wrong guys or maybe I'm saying something to make them become like this. So this really helps for me to see like, wait, it's not me. Yeah. It's just, I am choosing the wrong people, but once I get myself together, then I'm hopefully won't choose those type people. Yeah, totally. And it's not even that you're choosing the wrong people. It's more of that you're attract. It's it's more about from where are you attracting the pe- these guys from, mm-hmm. right? If you're attracting from a place of, I need to get them to approve me to feel good about myself, or I need to attract them, you know, in order to feel that sense of security that I didn't feel as a kid or whatever it is, you know, whatever the, however the pattern is playing out and the way the pattern is playing out is in any number of ways. But um, basically, you know, from wherever you are attracting that person is it's, that's what the issue is. It's not like, oh, like I'm broken or I'm just picking them wrong. It's more of just like, from where are you attracting? Are you attracting from like your core wound? Are you attracting from a void? Are you attracting from, you know, some inner child pain that hasn't been healed yet? Or are you attracting from the place of Renee who gets her nails done and she really takes time to like adorn her body. So she, so that she feels beautiful and it's not for someone else, but it's for her because she just, you know, sees her body as like her holy temple and wants to, you know, adorn it just like how, you know, a monk might adorn like some Buddhist temples. Like it's no different with your body. Right. Um, right. Like how does that shift to you attract? And, you know, a really practical thing is like, you know, how, just how are you showing up differently on a date? Like literally the things you might do or say, or your behaviors or whatever, or who you're going to message or whatever, when you're feeling really good and really feeling confident and, and, and whole from within versus, I don't know, I'm not feeling so good. Like, what do they think of me? Do they think I'm fat? Do they think this outfit looks dumb or like whatever it is, like (laughs) your behaviors are very much going to change. Right. And that's very much going to change, you know, who you attract, but then also the relationship, the relationship itself. Right. Right. Yes. Cause it will, I will, I will stop attracting the guys that I've been attracting. If I'm feeling really good about myself, I'm going to attract people that are more for me in the new Renee. <laughs> totally. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right. So what are some of your, um, let's, let's wrap this up. So what are some of your action steps moving forward from here? Action steps are to go on and do the tribe work for people pleasing. That's Mm -hmm. number one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two is to take time for myself. And that's by doing, get doing my hair, doing my makeup, 
going and having pedicures, doing things that I enjoy, going hiking, just anything, the beach, just things for me, instead of worrying about everybody else, I need to do things for me. Totally. And I'm even going to, um, you know, give you a little, like a, a bonus or like a way to even up level this even more is, um, can you challenge yourself to say no five times in the next week? Yes, I will do that. I'll take your challenge. Great. Great. And yeah. if five feels easy, make a 10. Okay. <laughs> um, but a lot of releasing people pleasing patterns is actually about saying no. It doesn't mean like, you know, you're being a bitch or whatever, just like, I'm not going to do anything, but it's just, if something's really a no, don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to the other person. Say, you know what? I really can't commit to this right now. You don't have to give a reason. I can't commit to this. Not a good time, whatever. Um, so yeah, that's the next level of that. Okay. Any other action steps? I've got one for you that we've left out. If I can't think of any other ones. Well, I just want you to think about that part of you that feels like they have to take care of everything and everyone. Okay. Because that's going to be part of the inner child work because, you know, I've said this a lot on the show and just throughout my work and that there's the outer work and then there's like the inner work. The outer work Mm -hmm. might be going to get a pedicure, going to the beach, going on a hike, like doing the things that really fill you up. And then it's going to shift the inside. It's going to feel really good. But that has to also be coupled with doing some of the inner work because that's going to help you release what the core of the people pleasing patterns came from in the first place. Right. Okay. Right. Um, so that, that little part of you, the little girl part of you that just felt like she had to take care of everyone in order to feel safe or feel secure or get love, like whatever that thing is that she needed, she just Mm -hmm. needs a lot of love. She needs some reparenting. She needs, you know, the masculine and feminine energy that's within you to be, you know, that mother or father within her or that she didn't get, you know, but you need to do that for her now so that she's not trying to get it from her dating experiences or the men that she's attracting into her life. Um, And there's some inner child um, lessons as well in the, so I highly recommend, you know, doing the meditation or the journaling, or you can talk back and forth to each other. Um, I've done Mm -hmm. that a lot on the show, so you can listen to some of the other episodes as well, but you've got resources and um, yeah. Great. So um, yeah, I hope this is helpful. What's, what's your biggest insight? Uh, my biggest insight is I feel like there's hope and that I am going to get better <laughs> just you from are. and from everything that you've said, you've made me feel so much better. I actually feel like an elephant is off my shoulders and Good. I'm looking forward to taking all these challenges and doing all the work to be able to get rid of this pleasing issue that I have. Yeah. And let's not like try to just get rid of it, right? We need okay. to have a lot of compassion for it because mm-hmm. remember it got you through what you needed to get through as a child, right? So that it's is not, a good, yes. Bad. And, you know, self-love, we can't be like, you're cool, you're cool. The part of, you know, you're cool, you're not cool. <laughs> right? Like we have to love right. the entire part of ourselves. Like that's really what self-acceptance is, which can lead to self-love, obviously, which leads to greater romantic love. And so the part of you that wants to please, the part of you that wants to take care of everyone, the part of you that wants to be misindependent, whatever it is, you know, give that part of you so much love and compassion and gratitude for getting you through what you needed to get through as a child. And then you can write a letter to that part of you and then just Mm -hmm. like releasing that part of you, letting your go like, okay, I see you. And there might be some times in my life when I'm going to need you. Like maybe something really difficult will happen, or I'll just, maybe I've got a big project, you know, um, to do in my life or whatever it is. And maybe I will need some of that kind of hustle energy again. But for right now, it's not, it's not helping me my love life. So I love you so much, but 
you know, I'm going to have you play this role in my life instead. It's not, you're not going to be in charge of my love life. Right. And you want to have that kind of really compassionate relationship with that part of you rather than like, I want to get rid of it. Or this part of me is holding me back. Like, Oh, I hate this part of me. Cause that's just really, um, it's really just recreating the, the cycle. Okay. You know, that you're in the first place of the lack of self-acceptance, lack of self-worth, all that kind of stuff. Make sense? Right. Yes. It makes total sense. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. I'm so glad this was helpful for you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. If you like what you hear in these kinds of episodes, imagine what we could do if it was just you and me working together over many months. Listen, I know what it's like to feel stuck and hopeless in your love life. I remember throwing everything in my love life in the hopes that something will stick and I'd finally catch a break. It wasn't until I stopped changing up my profile for the millionth time or telling myself that next time will be different for the millionth time that things actually start to shift for me. In order to find deep love, you've got to do the deep work. And through my own experience of crappy dating, helping hundreds of women before you and my expertise in inner child work, I can help you make the inner shifts you need to get the outer shifts you want. When you work with me, we dig into your past relationships, your childhood, and deep-rooted beliefs so we can unravel your relationship patterns and get you into the deep love you want to be in. It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and haven't figured it out yet, or you're newer in the personal growth space. What matters is that you're done with being where you are now and you're ready to invest time, money, and energy into dramatically up-leveling your love life. If that sounds like what you want, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. I've got limited spots available, so please don't put this off if this is something that you want this year. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to schedule your call. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Talk soon. And in the meantime, let's get back to the episode. Thank you so much, Renee, for coming on to the show. As always, I so appreciate the women who come onto the show to be coached because I know not only it helps you, but you're helping hundreds of women around the world. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you are interested in coming onto the show to be coached by me for free, then get in touch with me. I only have a few spots available. I mean, I do these twice a month and there's 12 months in the year. So that means there's about 24 spots available a year to be coached by me. So if you want one of those spots, then go ahead and get on the wait list. The wait list is slowly building. And so the sooner you get on the wait list, the sooner that I can coach you and you can get on your way in your love life. So just reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant and let me know you want to be added to the wait list or send me an email through veronicagrant.com forward slash contact. Just send me an email through the contact page and I will add you to the wait list and let you know the next time I have spots available. We'll probably be recording some more episodes in the next couple of weeks. So I recommend do this sooner rather than later. Okay. So I talked a lot about in the intro about the three month fizzle. I don't need to talk about it now because you know, after listening to my coaching conversation with Renee, that this was not about the three month fizzle. And how did I know? I knew because of the way that she asked the question and the way in which she responded when I said, well, why do you think this is happening? And if you're a coach, by the way, this is one of the most important things that you can ask. Look, I'm not Renee. I'm not a little birdie on her shoulder. I don't know what's going on everyday life. And so one of the best ways for me to get a 
clue as to like what might be going on or what might be the mindset that's creating the pattern she doesn't want to be in. It's like, well, what does she think? Well, what do you see? Or, you know, she's smart. Like she's, you know, she can look at some of this stuff and say, oh, well, okay, maybe this is happening or that's happening. And look, maybe you will get an idea. Maybe they kind of already will know why they're attracting a certain kind of relationship or person. Or maybe like in this case, you're going to get a huge clue into what their self-talk might be or what their uh, limiting belief is the way that they're seeing the relationship. So if you're a coach, definitely do that. And if you're not a coach and you're just trying to work through a situation on your own, then ask yourself, well, well, what do I think? Why do I think this is happening? You know, if you're in a situationship or in a pattern, you're trying to figure out, well, why is this happening? Why do I think it's happening? And see what you come up with. And I'm not saying that's going to replace the power of having that unbiased third party perspective who's done a lot of this kind of work before, but it certainly could um, give you some more awareness or things to think about or journal on or or really uh, meditate into, things like that. So when Renee told me that, well, you know, I think there's something that I'm doing, I'm getting triggered because I have all of these issues. And so because I'm getting triggered, I'm acting in a certain way that's causing them to shut down. And then the relationship just fizzles. So I knew immediately that was basically the tip of an iceberg of something bigger going on that was probably playing a big role in creating the pattern. So no, her solution, quote unquote, was not to well, just pick them better or pick them differently or try another app or just move to a different town. But it was more of like, well, from where are you attracting these men? Where are you attracting these potential partners? And she's attracting potential partners from a place of her wounding. Now, we briefly went into childhood, not too much, not all the details. If we were working together more extensively over a period of time, I would definitely want to dive into that more and know what other nuances or beliefs were created from childhood. But just for right now, that was enough. Like to me, like we could just spend a lot of time just on that one belief that she was to blame for these men shutting down. And notice that when I said, well, it's really their responsibility, their choice as to whether or not they shut down. Even if, even if you did something that triggered them, they're still choosing to shut down. You're not making them shut down. And you'll notice in her reaction that that was just completely like, oh yeah. And that was a combination of her upbringing, but also society, also the patriarchy and in how the patriarchy is just so embedded into our brains around men and women's relationships and men and women's role. And specifically about how women are quote unquote, supposed to act around men to be palatable, to be pleasing, to be likable um, in order to get love, attention, happiness, all that kind of good stuff. So a couple of things here, and I just want to give you a few pointers. If you can relate to being a people pleaser, that's by far the number one pattern, I guess I could say, um, out of, you know, all the women that I coach, I have a quiz called the love block quiz, and it helps you determine what your main block is that's keeping you out of love. And by far the people pleaser is the most common. If you haven't taken that quiz, by the way, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash quiz, take that quiz and um, see what block is keeping you out of love. Anyway, so if the people pleaser is what's keeping you out of love, I just want to give you a few things to to work on. So the first thing is to, I want you to relate to the part of you that developed this people pleasing differently. Now, Renee did not come out of the womb being a people pleaser and you didn't come out of the womb being a people pleaser either. You learned that skill somewhere. Either you saw maybe your mom being a people pleaser and you just repeated the behavior 
Or you were like Renee, where she grew up in a household that was very volatile. And basically being the caretaker, being independent, taking care of everyone else and worrying about everyone else first before she worries about herself was how she survived. Right. And it was that survival that or it was because of of this ability to survive is what created the, okay, this must be how I have to operate in the world. This must be how I get love. This must be how I get safety, security, belonging, all of those kind of things that humans need. And now she's getting to a point where she's kind of up against the growth edge. She's seeing that this part of her is actually not working for her anymore. It's not working for her the way it used to work. So instead of bashing the part of her, I'm like, oh, I want to get rid of this part of me that wants to please or be independent or whatever it is, she actually has to reparent that part of her and give that part of her a lot of gratitude and love and grace and recognize that this part of her did a really good job in keeping her safe and keeping her, you know, alive. And now it's time for that part of her to play another role. And yeah, it doesn't mean, you know, she probably developed a really good ability to get shit done and to she's probably really good at like quote unquote living life like what and what I mean by that is getting bills paid and just making sure things are in order and getting shit done like knocking out to-do lists all that kind of stuff she's probably really good at that most people pleasers are and so that's more of the role that this part of her is going to play in her life and it's not really going to play a role so much in her love life and you have to just lovingly like you know talk to that part of you, write letters to that part of you, um, meditate to that part of you, and kind of just letting them off the hook and giving them a new role to play um, so that they feel safe, that part of you feels safe enough to let go of that control and look towards another area of your life. I know that feels really kind of woo and out there, but it really, really is so helpful just to talk that part of you kind of off the ledge, so to speak. The second thing is obviously when you're people pleaser is to start putting yourself first and taking care of yourself. Now notice how Renee said, oh, well, you know, I I need to go to the gym more. I've not been going as much. And look, going to the gym is great. I love working out. I've always loved working out. I love running, going to yoga, pier bar, all the things. And I do consider that part of my self-care and it's really important to me. But I think it's also really important to, especially when you're trying to disrupt a people-pleasing pattern, to do things that feels like, ooh, is this allowed? <laughs> like, should I be doing this? Shouldn't I spend the money or the time or the energy on someone or something else? And so I think by spending it on yourself instead is really symbolic. And I think it begins to shift things energetically for you. Like, okay, like, yes, I matter. Because look, if you want a partner that's going to treat you like a queen, you can totally have that, but you got to treat yourself like a queen first, right? And then the third thing is just to say no. What can you say no to? Who do you need to say no to? Because remember, if you're not saying no, you're really either just lying to yourself or lying to the other person. And nobody wants a liar, right? And you don't want to be a liar. So if you find yourself saying yes, and you know that it's not true, you don't really have time for that, or you really don't have the money to support that person in that way, or whatever it is, then you have to start saying a no. Now, I mentioned this to Renee, and I just want to emphasize the saying no and the doing really great things for yourself, really nice things for yourself. Those are all like the physical and the physical realm. Those are all the outer world things. And it's really important. You can't just sit there and do inner world work all the time and then expect your life to change because you're not actually doing anything different in your life. And you're just going to float off into the ethers and nothing ever feels like really practical or tangible. However, if you also just try to just say no more and put yourself first more, 
and not really do the inner work of why you created this pattern in the first place, then it's going to feel a lot like willpower. You're going to feel like you can't actually make a change that maybe you're just destined to be a people pleaser because you're not actually healing the wound that was created in the first place. And so that's why you have to do a combo of inner outer work. And so I did give Renee the task of looking at some inner child of the inner child lessons in the love action tribe. She's a part of the love action tribe. And I do think that's an important thing that she needs to do in order to begin to heal that wound and then talk to that specifically that part of her um, that wants to please and be Miss Independent. And that's another layer of inner child work because essentially that is her inner child that developed that habit. But then she's also got to do the outer work, right? And, and, and so do you. And so just notice when you are, you know, working on your own journey, your own personal growth, how much of it is the inner work? How much of it is the outer work? And does it feel balanced? Do you feel like you're just doing the inner work and you're not really actually living your life? Or do you feel like you're just doing the outer work and you feel like, okay, some days you have the energy and the motivation and the willpower to do it. And some days you don't. And then you kind of just feel yourself like taking a couple steps forward, a couple steps back, a couple steps forward, a couple steps back. So those are your assignments from this podcast episode. And just remember, being a people pleaser is actually pretty selfish because it's all about you. And it means you're lying either to yourself or to others. So just a new way to think about being a people pleaser and to really let that go. It's, you know, and really, in one of my most popular episodes, I talk about the narcissist people pleaser trap. And what I say basically is people pleaser is just the other side of the coin of a narcissist, right? A narcissist needs people to love them and to give them lots of attention in order to feel good about themselves, right? It doesn't mean they're actually confident people. They just need other people to make them feel confident, right? Well, a people pleaser needs other people to make them feel confident, but in, a, in almost the opposite way. Instead of people, you know, glorifying and gushing on you, you're glorifying and gushing on other people. And then you hope that that means they like you. And then you get the confidence and the the worthiness, right? So it's still not coming from within. So people pleasers and narcissists are very closely related. That's why they often go together in relationships, even though it's not what you want. But I just want you to think about your people pleasing patterns in another way, because a lot of times I will hear from women saying like, well, I'm just a really nice person and I want to help people. And great, I want you to be a kind person. I want you to help people, but I don't want you to be a people pleaser. Nobody is born this way. So if you're thinking that I'm just going to call you on it, it's not true. You were not born a people pleaser. You might have been born a kind genuine person. And there might be a part of you that wants to be that kind, genuine person. And I hold that for you. And I see that in you. But that is not the same thing as being a people pleaser. Think of it this way. There is something different between being nice and then being kind. Being nice is like, I'm going to be nice, right? I just that's like the voice. Whereas being kind is more like I'm going to be kind. And sometimes being kind is giving a very gentle no, right? Or whatever that is. All right, so that is it for today. Know that breaking any habit takes time and dedication, but especially people-pleasing one, you know, can be especially hard because that's how you've gotten your worthiness for perhaps decades. So just be gentle on yourself above all else. And again, if I can support you in any way in um, private coaching, then definitely reach out to me. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching, fill out the form there, and then we will hop on the phone to discuss what might be the best way for us to work together. VeronicaGrant.com forward slash coaching. All right, my dear, that's all I got for you today. And I will see you next week for a brand new solo episode. Talk then. If you've got it all but love, you're ready to up-level your love life and the work we did in this episode resonates, I want you to strongly consider working with me one-on-one. You'll never hear me say, you just got to get out there more or you got to love yourself more. 
Working together is your opportunity for me to guide you in doing the deep work so you can transform your love life from the inside out. I actually don't care what app you're on or what your texting game is like or how many dates a month you go on. I care about doing the deep work so you can attract a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process. So if you're looping or feeling stuck in your patterns and can psychoanalyze yourself to death, I can get you to where you want to go. If you're serious about finding love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest time and money into yourself, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can explore if working together is the next right step for you. You can learn more and schedule your consult at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much in advance. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. 